Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Uh, it is the June 23rd, 2018 edition. Joining me today is James Glizio. James? Sorry, I muted myself a bit too long there. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Say, you, you told like me to mute myself. So. Yeah, you're the only other guest I've got here. And so if you go away, I, I just, it's just me. And I don't know if anyone wants that. Uh, talking into the void. Just talking into the void, you know, just like life, you know, in general for me. It's just talking to the void, hoping anyone bounces those sound waves back at me. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's it's just us two because uh, I guess a lot of people are still sort of recovering from the madness that was E3 week, you know. Uh, a lot of us had to do a lot of coverage. Uh, some of us are still working on some pieces for the site. I know I am. I think you've got something as well. Um, that you- yeah, just to finish up that uh, Division 2 impressions. That's, yes. that's basically it. That's exactly. Uh, so something that we're working on, uh, you know, free to share that with you, but we'll find out. Uh, but in any case, uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, Big reason. It's almost like the news is taking a break from e- after E3 too. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, obviously because yeah, a lot of those big stories did break during E3 anyway, uh, and so now it's just kind of like uh, we're picking up the pieces, uh, focusing on our fall uh, efforts. That's kind of what the uh, the thinking is with those uh, publishers and developers. But that doesn't mean there weren't some good stuff to come out of that uh, from this past seven days. But before we get into the get into that, we'd like to talk about the games that we've been playing. And so it looks like from what you put here, you got back into Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, back? <laughs> this is my first time playing. Oh, I didn't realize it was your first. I thought, see, I assume because of our site, how everyone has played Final Fantasy fourteen at some point, practically, that this is just a return. Yeah. But that's interesting. This is your first time. Yeah. I think you actually did talk about this before, that it's something you were interested in checking out. Yeah, I've been meaning to get into it for a while now. It's just haven't really had a good chance to. So uh, I think I mentioned on this podcast a few times that, like, a couple of in-real-life friends has started getting into PC gaming a bit, and they've been kind of jumping between different MMOs. And I've been telling them, hey, if you play Final Fantasy, I'll actually play it. This I'll play this MMO for once. So they, uh, um, One of my friend's co-workers actually is part of a uh, free company that has uh, property, and they invited us all into the all into it so i started playing had a bit of issues with square nix accounts but who doesn't <laughs> yes i read about that you had two different accounts going at the same time and so you almost totally destroyed everything you had yeah and then uh, so basically what happened is on my one email i had both a north american and a japanese square nix account set up because i'd imported a lot of uh, japanese 3ds and vita games so i figured it was worth making a member's account just to Fill out the surveys, at least, because you know how things go. Um, but I also had a North American one. So hey, You probably shouldn't do that, because you can usually find everything a lot cheap on Amazon Japan. <laughs> that's that's how I found the vinyl. <laughs> yeah, well, that's also how I... Well, yeah. I think I have more Japanese Square Enix games than North American ones, but besides the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyways, buy my online starter edition code. Try to put it in on my account because I have a character on the North American server, even though the game was kind of weird about, Oh, is this a Japan account? Is this a North American account? So I put in the code. And it's like, Hey, wrong region code. And it's like, 
need to make an entirely new account. Thankfully, thankfully, I, I had the uh, I had the foresight to try and put in the code when I was only level ten. Because originally, I was going to wait until the free trial was over and I'd gotten to level thirty to try and put in the code. Yeah. I would have been so freaking pissed if I had tried to put in the code when I was already level 30. I probably would have never touched the game again. But thankfully, I didn't. So I'm still playing it, having a good time. I've always been a fan of those MMO-type games. So it'll be nice to actually uh, get to that Monster Hunter World content. That will probably take a few months. Yeah, I mean, obviously, at least it's going to be there for you whenever you're ready for that. But obviously... um it's best to play with friends. And uh, so the fact that you're getting into this right at the beginning with people that have already played the game a lot more than you have, uh, that's good because it will obviously yeah. help motivate you to continue playing the game. Well, I'm kind of weird and I actually like the uh, grindy missions and say Xenoblade and it's basically the same thing playing an MMO like by yourself. So, Yeah, totally understandable. I mean, clearly it's more solo friendly than Final Fantasy XI ever was. That's that's coming from somebody who played a ton of Final Fantasy XI. It's definitely a game that I kind of want to go back to because I only played the beta. I haven't actually played it since then, honestly. Uh, I played the PlayStation 4 beta. got to level 30, quit right there because I assumed, okay, that's a good look at the game. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But for your case, though, it sounds like you're going to have a much better experience, of course, so... All the best to you in that one. But aside yeah. from that, you've also been playing some Hollow Knight, which I think has yes. incredible cool style, but I've heard it's kind of mixed. So what were your feelings on it? Kind of mixed. Pretty much everyone I've talked to has agreed with basically everyone else, and it's a fantastic Metroidvania. And from what I've played, I definitely agree with that. I am not playing the Switch version, which might confuse some of you since... The Switch version just came out, so why would I be playing on PC? But uh, I actually bought the PC version a few months back because I was like, oh, I'll totally play through it. And then it, it kind of fell into the backlog with some other games, and it's like the Switch version came out, and I, was, I wanted to play it and kind of participate in those discussions, but I didn't want to spend more money on the Switch version since I had already bought the PC version, so I just started playing the version. Yeah. Really fun. Um it's it's amazing like how detailed the art style is like it's just an indie game but like just the backdrops the animations the hand-drawn visuals it's really really good looking it has a fantastic soundtrack and then the gameplay itself is amazing the level design is amazing it's i'm i'm not even halfway through it yet i don't think but i'm i can definitely see why so many people are really really liking this game yeah i I remember seeing it during the nintendo direct and being impressed by the visuals because i mean i've been I've definitely noticed the game before, of course, but seeing it up on on Nintendo's Direct was like, oh yeah, that's right, that game did come out. I think part of it was just because, uh, well, I wouldn't say like the critique about it, it's just the fact that there are so many Metroidvania games out there that it was like, another one? Uh, But then we've got that, and we've also got like the new Ori coming out that it makes me want to play those games for sure, because I've, you know, got this great nostalgia for Super Metroid, so I think that would be pretty cool and it sounds like you've been having a really good time do you think that you'll ever pick up the switch version though uh yes because they've confirmed that they're going to have a physical release down the line and i think i might pick up that that'd be a a good way to spend some money but yeah i mean for those types of games especially hand-drawn games i think that would really shine on the switch of course with like the smaller screen uh but yeah of course i assume that on a on a big monitor it also looks pretty good yeah apparently the switch version is a good port so good for them really glad to see more people talking about it because definitely 
deserves the conversation. Yeah, really has become the beta replacement uh, for the Switch, uh, the fact that you got games like Hollow Knight on there to enjoy. So that's that's been kind of your thing this past week, though, those two games? Well, I've been playing a lot of Bees 8, but I've talked about that on podcasts enough, and my review just went live a few hours ago, so uh, read that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, I am sick and tired of hearing about Bees 8. <laughs> oh my god, I... I... <laughs> I mentioned this in my review, but I imported the Vita version back when it came out in Japan, I think June or July 2016. And I played through that version a few times. And I played through the PS4 version like three times. And now it's the Switch version. It's just like, ever since it was announced that NIS was picking it up for localization, it feels like just, it hasn't really ever fully escaped the news cycle, has it? No. And that's obviously as an RPG set, we've got to cover it. I mean, uh, both of us are really big Neon Falcon fans, and so, you know, it's not like we're saying the game is necessarily bad. Clearly, like, at its core, it's a good game. It's just the controversies and the critiques and all the commentary <sighs> around it. It's just that uh, after a while, it just really wears on you, and it makes you think that, you know, like, can we just put this behind us already? So, uh, Exactly how I feel. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, as you said, you've got your review up on the site. It just went up uh, yesterday, right? Uh, no, earlier today. Earlier today. Everything blends yeah. together these days. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. so people can check that out if they want to know your thoughts. But generally speaking, it's just that I, it sounds like you still think the PS4 version is better, but the Switch version yeah. is possible. It's, yeah. it's, the Switch version is the best portable version, and uh, but that's not a very big uh, <laughs> high mark. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's funny. So many people have been talking about the beta version. It's like, oh, it had a stable frame rate on beta. It's like... Did you actually play the beta version? Because uh, I didn't. That's, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that's better. That yeah. That. You can see, like, even if you go back to the, see the old trailers of how Hitchy got, like, this is what you're promoting with your marketing materials. It doesn't look that. Yeah. Good. So anyway, I do want to stress, like, before you read the review again, if you want to get it on Switch, you don't have a PS4. It's a good version of the game. It just could have been a lot better it's obvious that the port could have been better yeah and yeah. the fact that it doesn't help that there's all that stuff around the fact that they did not tell the people reviewing the game that they were going to release a day one patch or subsequent patches to fix the problems that japanese the um, voice is not available into until like a month wow. from now yeah yeah not till july and then they also <laughs> text patches and stuff like that it's like uh, it, it's it's pretty clear that either there's only two scenarios for that one is that they just forgot to tell the journalists or two, they saw the reaction to the problems like, oh, we got to fix this right now because we didn't know that those existed. Well, or patches take a while and on, the, game, so. on Nintendo's like perspective, they have to wait for them to be like accepted. So they were definitely yeah. working on them before they sent out review copies. Oh, yeah. I definitely heard stories about the QA uh, nightmares that can happen if you're trying to push an update. That's why a lot of people tend to uh, like developing on Steam instead because it's just like instant updates a lot of the time. Yeah. Not have to go through some sort of uh, approval process like you do on consoles, but obviously they want to update yeah. the Switch version. Nintendo, I've heard, is not is even kind of bad about that. But well, I don't know if it's yeah. changed in this generation. But last they've generation, gotten a lot better with a lot of things, like yeah. with regards to the eShop this generation, which is good. Hopefully, cheaper <laughs> dev kits too, because I heard those are like the most expensive ones you could get. I think I think the Nintendo Switch dev kits are only five hundred bucks. Okay, I, I think I heard the last time it was like a Wii U dev kit was like in the ten thousand range. So, uh, considering yeah. Xbox Ones can can just convert into a dev kit for free, it does, just doesn't. Make eh, not necessarily, but that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> it's not not really free either, but like it's a it's a much it's a much more simpler process. But anyway, 
Yeah. Um, well, for me, it's just been Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 Remix, which, uh, full disclosure, as I've said uh, on our streams, is that I have actually not beaten the first game, uh, even if I'm a big Kingdom Hearts fan. Uh, I just could not... At the time, I mean, I haven't played the game since it came out, and so I didn't even play like the PS3 version when it got remastered. Uh, so this PS4 release that I picked up last year during Prime Day, when it was only like six bucks, I think. Oh man, Prime Day! Prime Day is coming up in a few weeks, man. Like I hope that yeah, they it get probably won't have the same out. issue. It probably won't oh, have the same on. issue. You never know. I'd love to get some new games for like six bucks. Like I got Crash for six bucks, and I think I got Digimon World Next Order for like, like twelve. Six yeah. bucks, yeah. I think it's like yeah, like World of Final Fantasy was twelve bucks, Dragon Quest Builders was like ten bucks and stuff like that. It's it's it's, yeah. it's incredible. And H D two point eight, I think I got like the special edition of that, that was like eight bucks. <laughs> it was uh yeah. it was like Christmas in July. It was literally I mean it was, it, for the most part it really was for that, because uh, yeah. all the games you wanted to buy but couldn't afford now it's like I got like six or seven games for like thirty bucks. It was insane. Insane. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's something that I was really looking forward to getting back to, and I figured, hey, we're trying to push our Twitch, uh, uh, our Twitch channel more because we haven't really been doing a whole lot with it. Uh, definitely been posting a lot of videos. Of course, people have been following along know that I've been doing a lot of uh, full playthroughs for our YouTube channel, but not too many streams. And it's not because I... Um, I'm shy. <laughs> Definitely not the case. It's just more that uh, the energy to want to stream something is is something else. You know, a constant commentary and interaction. Uh, and I'm getting used to it again. And I'm looking forward to playing yeah. the whole game. I just played a few hours actually earlier today. Uh, and I'm about to hit Agrabah. So I'm looking forward to getting back to Aladdin. Because that's yeah. one of my favorite movies. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Um streaming's a lot easier if you have someone else to kind of like talk with you while you're playing or something like yeah. just to, ha- to keep that commentary going yeah or uh, someone in chat i had someone in chat today that was very uh communicated a lot with me and that was very helpful uh because they, ch- they helped me along a little bit uh but mostly we just bounced off different comments to each other it was it was fun in that regard like even if it's to one other person i had more than one person in that chat uh but only one that was like as active as they were and so it was uh, it was motivation enough, I think, for me. But hopefully, you know, we'll get to the point that we can really promote that thing and get a lot more people. I think the first day we had about 50 people, which was crazy. And, and I, I'm hopeful that I can get back to that point uh, some sometime soon. Uh, but my goal is to, of course, play through all the Kingdom Hearts games before the release of Kingdom Hearts 3 in January. Yeah. Which is just a week after my birthday, so that'll be a good, good birthday present for me. We'll see. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of been... Um, my big focus here, and then, uh, you know, uh, the other big thing I've been planning is the fact that I'm launching an anime podcast tomorrow, which will be fun. Uh, yeah. It's something that I've been actually working on for a long time. Uh, and and what a better time to start an anime podcast than at the end of this honestly, completely fantastic spring anime season. Hell yeah. It's, it's been great, because yeah. I've got two other people that are actually uh, real-life co-workers of mine that are, are going to be helping me on the podcast. Uh, that, yeah, we've been all watching stuff like Megalobox and Cardcaptor and Hindu Matsuri and all these great shows that we wanted to talk about. So, yeah, we're going to cap off the season, uh, look forward to the next season, talk about the shows we want to watch, uh, also oh, talk about Anime Expo. So that'll be exciting to see as well. Um, but just kind of ca- capture all that stuff. And then we want to do like a weekly podcast, and that'll be on Sundays. So, and it'll be live. So people want to catch that, they can um, just 
hop over to uh, twitch.tv slash RPG site, um, and then we'll be, you know, uh, be doing that. I want to make sure I got that website right. It's, sorry, some, yep, it's, I, I managed to get that one. Sometimes it's hard to get the proper usernames for your, your channel, but yes, it's twitch.tv slash RPG site. We're planning around 11 a.m., so if people want to catch that, please do. We'll be talking about a lot of anime. I put a lot of work into the presentation for that, so, uh, obviously it'll also be an audio podcast, so we'll record the audio and put that up on our, um, for people to download if they can't make it out there. So we're looking forward to that. So let's get into the news because we've got some stuff to talk about here. Uh, perhaps one of the more fascinating announcements is that uh, Don't Not Entertainment uh, announced that they are working on Life is Strange 2. Now, we know, of course, that they were working on it because they had this, I think it was like a Tumblr post, uh, I think it was last year, that they said they were working on it. And then that was before they announced Life is Strange Before the Storm, which was from a a, a different studio. I think it was, what was it called? Uh, High... I forget the name of the studio that made that game. But anyway, um, yeah. it's the actual Life is Strange 2 in any case. And this is predating the fact that in a few days, they're releasing the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit, their free uh, adventure game, where it, it, they kind of teased it a little bit like the, the decisions you make will tie into the events of Life is Strange 2. I don't know if it's just the fact that the characters and the elements will tie in, or actually like your save progress will carry over. I don't really think it'll be the former uh, what I just it won't be um, that it'll probably be just the fact that you know some of these elements the people that you'll meet you'll also meet in Life is Strange too. and th- they just had a little bit of a teaser showing off the uh, awesome soundtrack that what is one of the things I love most about Life is Strange um, before I go further though James did you ever get a chance to play Life is Strange at all? Uh, no I got it on PlayStation Plus and I need to kind of get to it you do. It's yeah. an incredible series. Um, a lot of fun to watch. Backlog. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I, I trust me. This is this is kind of. I, I I just bought it on Steam yeah. after uh, I played it before, but I um, it was through my brother's account, and so I bought it, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to play it. I'm going to have the Japanese voices because it, 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 that's free DLC that comes when you buy the game. And right now on the Steam Summer Sale, it's five bucks for the whole season of Life is Strange, to, uh, Life is Strange, the original. Before the Storm, I think is like a little over eight dollars. So that's you know thirteen, fourteen yeah. bucks. You can get like everything released so far, so you guys can like, catch up on that stuff. Um, but that should be exciting, and, and I'm hopeful for that. Uh, I made the joke that uh, so Captain Spirit is about this boy who comes across what appears to be like actual superhero powers when he dresses up. I made the stupid joke that the way that it ties into Life is Strange too is that it'd be kind of funny if that the boy grows up, gets into high school, but he's like you know Chernobyl. It's just like they, he has like these <laughs> these powers that he tries to keep contained within himself but sometimes he can't like he has to release it and so it's just like this right arm of mine exactly just i can't contain these powers and then like everyone is just staring at him in the class like are you are you okay man are you still living in your imagination land so i'm uh i'm kind of hopeful that they do something like that but um i think that also it'd be cool if they start focusing more uh on those romantic relationships like that was one of the cool things about the original life is strange just the relationships between the characters uh whether it was you know friendly or romantic uh they they went to different places with that and i hope that they do that and also hopefully they um finish it off better than the original life is strange because episode five had its own problems so i hope it's as strong as say like episode three and four of that was um 
I have not played uh, Before the Storm, though, so I can't speak for that. But I think that that's been kind of the general consensus is that Dotnod maybe doesn't know too well how to sort of cap things off. So let's hope that they fix that this time. And maybe recover from Vampire, which apparently wasn't that great. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I think the story was supposed to be good, but the gameplay was kind of eh. It's kind of like a little bit of obsidian right there, you know? It's like a lot of the time it's the story can be great, the writing's really good, but sometimes the gameplay can take a hit. Uh, although for them, for obsidian, it's more just, you know, technical problems. So the next piece of news we've got here, though, uh, is the fact that during this year's Tales of Festival, uh, they hold, uh, Ben Namco holds annually over in Japan, of course. Uh, they announced that um, they are working on the next Tales game, which is definitely not an announcement because we kind of knew that. It's pretty damn obvious that that was going to be happening uh, but this is something it's been a while that, since uh berseria came out in japan hasn't it no yeah it's 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 been a few years for sure because it came out of course on the ps3 came over here on the ps4 so um it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that of course we've got tales of vesperia definitive edition hitting uh our side uh sometime this winter so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that but have you been playing the tales games james uh, I played a little bit of Hard R and I've played a little bit of uh, Berseria. Berseria. Okay, so it's it's your experience with it is about as much as I am. Adam uh, could not join us for this podcast, and so obviously he could speak a lot more because he not only played the more recent games, uh, but he also went back and played the older ones like Destiny. So uh, and recently too, so he would have a lot of knowledge about that. For me, I uh, beat Grace's F. Covered actually, I reviewed Tales of Legendia around the time it came out for RPG site because we've been around since 2006, so I've got you know it's it's not too unheard of. But um, and, and you know, like I played a ton of Symphonia. I love that game so much. So for me, I think that it's it'd be interesting to see if they go a little more ambitious this time around. It sounds like they're definitely going to be ditching Berseria's engine, which is outdated as hell. So it's good to see like they're going to something like that. But they've got all this great people that can be helping them right now like you know cyber connect 2 could be helping them so much when it comes to graphics because their games always look insanely good uh in terms of like 2d anime uh and 3d anime blending that style together so well and so i'm, I'm hopeful uh because it's kind of funny that not too long ago people were talking about you know the tale series as a, you know a far greater uh, resonance than say the final fantasy series even because their games are coming out a lot more frequently, uh, even if it was like this really long-running series since the PlayStation days. You know, they were bringing out you know uh, all these all these great great titles like Zillia and Vesperia, and once again, great. Wasn't it the original Tales of game on the uh, Super Famicom? Oh yeah, Tales of Fantasia, of course. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 the first one. But going back to like the '90s, I should have said, in fact. But yeah, that's. I'm hopeful that they do something big this time around. It'd be good to see like a big leap in terms of technology, while also, of course, still holding on to that same uh, thing that the fans of the, the series yeah. love so much, which is anime, <laughs> pretty much. Should be fairly interesting because, as far as I know, like the uh, longtime director of the series is no longer with uh, Bandai Namco, so it'll Baba? be somebody entirely new. Yeah, yeah, Hideo Baba left uh, a, couple, a few years ago. I don't think he worked on Bisseri at all. So yeah, he's been gone for a bit. Um, mm. But yeah, you know, um, people seemed. I mean, the purple p- clearly liked Bisteria more than Zisteria. Uh, Zisteria wasn't yeah. wasn't held that well. So um, that's at least that they they still have the proper team in place that can help that. So we'll hopefully hear more about that soon. I assume maybe a Tokyo Game Show or something like that. Um, 
but yeah, Hideo Baba. I think he started a new studio with Square Enix. That, that's the big thing that he did. So yeah. him and like Yuji Naka apparently. Do, I don't know. It's it's funny to hear the names of people who have joined Square Enix. But we'll hopefully hear about that soon. But speaking of ambition, this is something that speaks more to us. I think uh, Kapal Hart. They announced that they're working on a new title. It's called Varnier of the Dragon Star, and they're calling it the most ambitious game they've ever made, which is kind of crazy to think about um, because they don't put a lot of ambition into many of their titles. Even speaking as someone who's a fan of like the Neptunia series, they don't really... They kind of churn them out. I think, it's kind of clear. I think the most ambitious title they've done recently was probably uh, Mary Skelter. Uh, I don't know, because even then, that seemed like to be like a, mostly a... Uh, a dungeon crawler. I would say, you know, the fact that Death and Request uh, is an original well, IP. Yeah, I, I just mean in Mary Skelter's sense that a lot of the enemies aren't assets from previous games. That's if you want to set the bar that low, I guess. Yeah, that's that's definitely that's definitely true. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not hating on Mary Skelter. I didn't honestly like it that much, but I I totally know which, where you're coming from. Maybe more like Fairy Fencer F was was probably yeah. better. I've been Dark Force uh, definitely. Yeah, that, yeah, that game was really pretty good for uh, definitely because I, I fortunate was I did not play the original Fairy Friends of F. I played Advent Dark Force, and apparently I I made the right decision to hold off. Yeah, for, uh, they yeah, ba- the story. Yeah, basically to put it in perspective, the original Fairy Friends for F had the whole thing between the Dark God and the Goddess, and you really didn't have any consequence by pulling out the swords from the dark god in the original version it was only uh advent dark force that even made it so that the story could branch off based off of what swords you pulled from which god so yeah basically it was moving either to the light side or the dark side and it in the original it didn't matter <laughs> like that that's, yeah. there was no choice it was more like it was kind of like a david cage game you know there was not really any perspective for the, the consequences yeah. of your actions but fairy um, fence rep advent dark force is actually good so yeah play it uh, but uh, going back to the story, though, Varnier of the Dragon Star, it's got some interesting uh, characters uh, as far as the development team because you've got um, you got the directors, of course, that'll be working on this game. But uh, they're actually they are working with Matori Sakuraba. Speaking of which, by the way, uh, he's going to be doing a lot of the background music for that game. Like main theme and the ba- the battle music, we're all going to be made by him. Uh, they also have a bunch of different illustrators that'll be working on the different main characters, which kind of reminds me a little bit of the Atelier series. But you know, um, the, and it, apparently they're also working with Neon Falcom uh, to yeah because of some of the dragons from uh, the Trails series, huh. uh, like Ragnar from Trails in the Sky and Azora Agruga from Trails of Cold Steel, will be making an appearance in the game in some form. Yeah. And so I don't know if you saw the teaser trailer, James, but that looks pretty good. I like it. Yeah. I like the look. It does look interesting. Yes, good music and everything, too. Uh, we've got all the details up on the site, but like uh, I got the story up here, but the visuals look uh, upgraded, even if it seems like it's using Death End Request engine. Uh, but I, I'm digging the character designs. It looks really nice. Uh, and I just am hopeful because I think that that would be important if Compile Heart kind of took things more seriously and really put some effort into their game development. Obviously, uh, for them, kind of like Neon Falcom, they don't necessarily have the budget, really, to be doing that stuff. Um, they figure they can it's play it like all the time. Huh? Yeah, it's kind of like they're taking two opposite approach, approaches. Like, Neon Falcom releases, like, one game a year, whereas, like, um, Compile Heart seems to release several. So, even though they're similarly-sized companies, I think, 
Neon Falcom's games tend to kind of punch above their weight just because they focus solely on like one game each year. Yes, that's, that's definitely the case. You can tell too because the script sizes are gigantic. But um, you yeah. know, I, I'm I'm I'm, happy, I'm I'm hopeful for that. You know, and hopefully we'll get some details about that soon. Soon, excuse me. And then we get to the last news. Like I said, not a whole lot of news to talk about, but probably the most astounding. So, Silicon Studio, who worked on the Bravely Default series Sorry. among other titles, they announced uh, just uh, in Japan that um, they are divesting the game development business by establishing a subsidiary company that they're calling Creek and River. So they'll be handling all game development and management. So Silicon Studio will transfer 90% of its stock to the new subsidiary. So Silicon Studio no longer making games. That's it. Like that's that's the thing. I mean, obviously they'll get their people that have, were working on their games over to this new subsidiary for them, but the Silicon Studio as we know it now no longer in the industry. It's, it's well, kinda... what did they do besides games? Or are they just kind of branching off and trying new things now? Well, if you th- if you remember, Silicon Studio has been helping a lot with in terms of like middleware and other like yeah. sort of uh, side projects like that. Uh, you can sometimes see Silicon Studio's name on a bunch of different projects. Like Octopath Traveler is pretty much not even a Silicon Studio game. They just are helping with some of it. So that's that's it. They're like developing, I think it was like, yeah, metalware and graphics engines and things like that. So that's kind of like all they're really doing anymore. Uh, and so uh, that's kind of like the, they're, they're blending that with their other core businesses. So for making actual developing games, that's going to be Creek and River, which is like what it sounds like. It's a creek and it's a river. It's a I don't I don't get the name anyway. Uh, a creek flows into the river. I don't know. It's 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 kind of confusing, but um, that's 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 kind of all we got going here. I mean, they, uh, it's funny that actually this new story I'm reading right here talks about Terra Battle Two, and that's shutting down in September in America. Uh, speaking of which, playing Terra Battle Two, I would kind of like it if mobile games, when they're going to shut down anyway, just give you a bunch of free stuff. Terra Battle 2 is just kind of going out with a whimper, and that kind of bothers me. But, you know, I'll still check in on it every day and see what's going on with that game. I've been playing it since launch. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of that's kind of nuts. That's, that's kind of crazy to think about that Silicon Studio is pretty much not going to be a developer of, console, uh, of games anymore. It's, it's, they're kind of doing... Um, Oh, I guess you can kind of say like the Konami route, you know, like they're not, they're, they're barely involved and it sounds like they're mostly just going to be helping with technology. I don't know, actually, there's probably a way better example than Konami that I just can't think of. Yeah, Konami's also actually consistently been releasing games, smaller games, but games for like the last year and a half. So. I mean, Zone of the Enders 2 is out in September and I'm super excited yeah. about that damn game. But, they announced uh, a new... Uh, I forget what the name of it is, but another kind of like revive of an old series for the Switch. It's like a kind of not a sports game so much, it's but hyper kind of, sports. I played it at E3. <laughs> it's a yes. it's basically a rebirth of track and field for the NES. So um, yeah, I played that on the Switch. It's got an ugly art style to it, but you know it's it's got that same style where you like you mash buttons or you can use the the motion controls of the Joy-Con to um, move yeah. your character forward and play a bunch of like basically Olympic sports. Um, it's it's whatever you know, but yeah. you know talking about like that and like Super Mario Man R just came out on PS4 and Xbox One recently, so that's the thing. And Vinegar Survive, I guess, is another thing, but no one wants to talk about that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, they the and just so people understand is that the reason that they gave Silicon Studio gave the reason for the uh, 
that they had to invest was that the trend of increasing development costs for games due to the highly competitive smartphone game industry, uh, that they had entered the game development, uh, they entered game development back in 2008, that they wanted to develop new low uh, development budgets, uh, budgets, but with high returns. But the new game development environment posed a high risk for the company that made it difficult to continue the business. So when people consistent, consistently demand that you get the best graphics possible uh, and they won't, like, you know, if they see any problems with it, they'll, they won't buy your product. Uh, it's the same argument that Square Enix has been making for a long time now that, you know, people like to give them a hard time for how much effort they put into art assets. But that's where the industry is at right now where, you know, even if some people might cry foul that they're putting so much effort to that, it's that... For the most part, mainstream, they want the best looking graphics possible, and that's just really challenging for a company like that. So it's probably why they're uh, really happy to put a lot of effort towards Switch right now because it's pretty uh, cheap comparatively. Exactly. But once again, doesn't matter. Uh, Creek and River will be their subsidiary handling whatever development on the Switch happens now. It's also kind of funny because you've got this news coming about a week after Ninja Theory got bought up by Microsoft. Um, so you've got a studio that got tired of having to scrounge for, uh, for, uh, funding for their projects, like Hellblade and things like that. And then you've got this studio that was working so closely with Square Enix to develop some of the best games for the 3DS, uh, suddenly having a lot of trouble trying to, you know, stay afloat. I don't know what Square Enix's, like, relationship with Silicon Studio is, because it kind of reminds me a little bit about, like, IO having to, they were let go and they had to, you know, they were they were able to keep their Hitman license, but they were having trouble. Uh, so I don't know what the the contractual relationship with that is, or whether Silicon Studio will continue to work with Square Enix in any capacity. But you know, for the most part, that's just kind of a uh, kind of a crazy bit of news there. And I assume their stock, uh, their shares will take a big hit, or at least their fiscal report will just be a take a big hit. But you know, hopefully we'll hear some good news from them soon enough. And then. Finally, before we go, just want to remind people that tomorrow, Summer Games Done Quick 2018 kicks off early. I think it's Banjo-Tooie, if I'm not mistaken, is the first game on the block. I think it's around like 10 a.m., I think, is in Pacific Time is when it starts. Um, there's some pretty good RPGs that'll be showing there, like all, basically all the Zelda games. Um, I think that there's... They they had Dark Souls, but that was taken out for some reason. They didn't explain why, because I know it was there before, but they took it out. So that's not going to be there. Uh, and I don't think any of the Nier games are either. I think, but Final Fantasy VI will be there uh, to cap. To, basically, that's the end of it. I think it's like Undertale, Ocarina of Time, and then Final Fantasy VI, the last three games. So pretty amazing. And that'll so basically it's going to be running from the 24th to the 1st of July, which is next Sunday. This Sunday followed by uh, until next Sunday. So um, you know that's. That's going to be crazy. And I made an article on the site. People can go check out uh, on the front page uh, showing all the different RPGs that will be speed run and also who the runners are and what, what the actual category of the run is. And so people get some context for that. But, you know, I'm sure we'll be watching. Of course, we'll try to tweet out whenever you guys can check that out. But for the article, you go to RPGsite.net. You can also check us out on Twitter at RPGsite. For those updates, also our Facebook page, facebook.com slash rpgsitenet. Our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash rpgsitenet. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Just search for TetraCast. I think Google launched a new Google Podcast app on their phone on Android. I think it's just like kind of Google Assistant style, so it's probably very, you know, vanilla, very light. But we're on there as well. 
so people can check that out there. Also, a permanent Discord link, discord.me slash RPG site. People chat with everybody else. we got a lot of active people on that channel, so be sure to join us there. And finally, like the show where you can find us on Twitter. So where can they find you, James? They can find me at the suite at T-H-E-S-W-W-E-E-T. And you can find me at Zach Reese. So that's it uh, for this June 23rd, 2018 edition of the TetraCast. Thank you, James, for being a part of this. For this little no problem. That's yeah, a pretty short <laughs> podcast. Uh, but yeah. I'm sure we'll have plenty more to discuss next week. We'll try to get a couple more people on here. But, you know, for this, I think we pretty much covered all that we needed to. So for everybody listening up there, catch us next week for yet another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.